We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the Ravens Vault. Bobby Trossett and I are doing a special edition, one of our instant reactions, because Bobby, I don't know that I've ever seen this happen before. The Ravens news organizations usually give a news dump on Friday afternoons when everybody's heading out on the weekend for bad news. But today we got a news bump with some excellent news. The Ravens announced this Friday afternoon that left tackle, all pro left tackle, Ronnie Stanley has passed his physical, which means he's also passed that gnarly conditioning test that we always hear about. And that means he is cleared to practice two weeks ahead of the schedule, or excuse me, two weeks ahead of week one. Bobby, just massive, massive news here. Sir, excuse me if I'm a little slow on my end. I was enjoying my Friday late afternoon nap after what was a busy week here on the vault. But (laughs) hey, this is absolutely worth stopping what you're doing on a Friday evening as I tweeted out and just launching into, you know, a quick little instant reaction episode because this is a big deal. And to your point, this certainly doesn't guarantee Ronnie's availability or status for week one, which we know is approaching two weeks at the time of this recording out from that game, but it certainly gives him a chance. And in recent years, Just Ronnie having a chance to be on the field certainly bodes well for Baltimore's offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing is even if he doesn't come back week one, Coach Harbaugh had said earlier that ideally a player would have three weeks of practice before they go back to a game. Um, And so who cares at this point? Like I have – I feel pretty good. I don't like to underestimate opponents, but if there was a team that the Ravens couldn't have Ronnie Stanley out there for, it would be the New York Jets. Like their quarterback situation is, you know, unsettled. We all think it's going to be Joe Flacco who starts, but the Jets aren't willing to name him. You know, it's it's the Jets, so they can always become good, but but they're not they don't strike fear like, you know, maybe the the Bills or somebody would. So if the if if Ronnie needs another week or two, that's fine. What I see this as is the fact that he passed his conditioning test, the fact that he's here, and the fact that he's not on the reserve PUP, and we'll get to later the other part of this news about Tyus Bowser, but the fact they didn't put Ronnie Stanley on reserve reserve PUP means that the Ravens expect him to play within the first four weeks of the season. You know, and so that's excellent news because it's just been a mystery 
up to this point, but I kind of want to put in perspective, Bobby, different ways of how we can say that this is big news, right? Would you say it's hyperbole or would you say it's correct that other than Lamar Jackson, nobody on this team is more important than Ronnie Stanley to the team's success? We've been maintaining that thought throughout the entire course of this offseason. So I think we'll both stand by that. And regardless of whether or not he's able to go September 11th, this is a win. Remember last year, like he made it pretty clear that he felt like maybe the Ravens weren't the ones rushing him back, but he personally felt rushed. He wasn't ready that primetime game in Vegas against the Raiders. And so, again, even if it's not week one, that's okay because to your point, this designation means they feel he's not worthy of being on the PUP list, meaning the first four games down. It's okay if it's week two or week three. It's a marathon, not a sprint this NFL season, especially when you are such a cog in the scheme and this specific offense and the importance to Lamar, too, is immeasurable. We saw that last year from a very unsturdy, inconsistent offensive line. So it is important to have perspective. Well, and also, like, to your point, um, you know, you said that he he felt rushed, whether it was, like, I don't know, other teammates or coaches or the fan base, social media nonstop. You know, he felt rushed. And I think that I would like to think that Ronnie – and the Ravens would have learned that lesson. Do you know what I mean? So so having that background, I think the Ravens are smart, and I think Ronnie Stanley's smart. So I'm going to give them the, 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 the benefit of the doubt and say they won't repeat that same mistake. And if you're, if you're moving along with that assumption, then you can feel good being like, oh, hold on, this is legit. Because I don't think Ronnie would would rush himself again. And and I've noticed a tone because of that mistake last year. So when Harbaugh was asked about Ronnie Stanley, right, we did a, a morning vault earlier this week about this whole thing, that the clock was ticking. But while everybody else had written him off, Bobby, we still gave him a chance. We still gave him a chance. And, and here he is. There was a tone. There was a tone of difference. What Harbaugh said, what, Har- what we said in that episode is that Harbaugh kept emphasizing, could he do it in two weeks rather than the ideal three weeks of practice? He said, yeah, you probably could. Quote, we'll just have to see how it goes and see how they feel, meaning he and Tyus Tyus Bowser. And he says a lot of it is how the player feels at that point. So that's Harbaugh declaring, listen, nobody is taking this decision out of your hands. This is your decision. Then I listened to an interview earlier today. Uh, Kevin Zeitler was on uh, the Lounge podcast, and they had asked Zeitler, they said, what are you like with, with, with Ronnie? Because we all know you probably want him back because it makes your whole whole unit better. And they said, are you kind of like nudging him, being like, come on, Ronnie, come on, are you good to go? And Zeitler was like, no, no. No, he goes, he felt rushed last time. None of us are doing it this time. He's going to come back when he's ready. So knowing that that's what teammates are, are preaching, that's what Harbaugh's preaching, I believe that, that they're putting those words into action. And so if, if Ronnie comes back week one, that will be Ronnie saying, 
I feel ready. Sarah, along those same lines, I'm pretty tired of folks dragging this guy because we don't know yeah. the complexities of what this rehab and the severity of what this rehab has required from him mentally, physically, psychologically, you name it. We're talking about a left tackle, an athlete who's six six, over three hundred pounds. That is some serious weight on an on an ankle, on any part of your body. It's is not just some straightforward recovery process where you follow these steps and yeah, you're able to give it a go. No, this is required like multiple follow-up surgeries. It's very complicated. It's grueling. And for him to be here right now with a chance to play week one, to me, is significant. And it's just a testament to what he has done, the noise that he's blocked out. You don't think this guy feels the weight of the world on his shoulders after signing a lucrative deal literally 48 hours prior to this injury on November 1st of 2020? Yes, he feels the weight of the world. Like, Stop dragging him. Give him a chance to get back and root him on because this is clearly unprecedented for him in, in his football career. It's been a long road, and, man, he it just feels like he's on the cusp. Something's on the cusp, and, and, and you hope for him, for his sake, it's a return week one. Yeah, I 100% agree, so I won't repeat what you just said. You know, people shouldn't be dragging him. I also think it's funny when people drag Eric DaCosta. I've seen people when Ronnie didn't, re- you know, return on Monday, I've seen people dragging Eric DaCosta being like, worst worst contract ever. And it's like, really, though? Because Ronnie Stanley, look, the last time Ronnie Stanley played a full game, excuse me, a full season, was in 2019, right? He was injured in uh, November of 2020. But let's go back. If you go back, I've got I, – I, I remember this tweet, Pro Football Focus. They, they put up this stat. The fewest pressures allowed by an offensive tackle in a single season since 2006. Okay, so fewest pressures ever in a single season since 2006. Number one on the list, Ronnie Stanley. That's the last time he's played a full season. He only allowed, this is mind-boggling to me, six pressures in a 16-game season? Are you kidding me? Now, that helps that Lamar, you know, is Lamar and can move and all that kind of stuff. Guess who's number two? I'll let you guess who number two is. It's another Raven. Who's number two on that list? It's another Raven. Yeah, that would have J.O. then, huh? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Jonathan Ogden. So that's the level of play we're talking about. You're Eric DaCosta, and you have a you have a left tackle, which the the supply does not meet the demand, okay, in the NFL for left tackles who who protect their quarterback to that level. You're telling me that Eric DaCosta is not supposed to give him a top five left tackle money because it wasn't it wasn't the number one. I remember that. It might have been top three, maybe in top two, but I remember it wasn't number one. So you're are you really trying to come to me and tell me that Eric DaCosta shouldn't sign him when he's putting up those kind of numbers and he was off to another great start in 2020? Like, come on, come on. Let's let's remember that this is football and injuries happen. And so if you can't sign Ronnie Stanley, after a year like that, you can't sign anybody. You can't sign anybody because, you know, injuries are just just a part of the game. So I agree with you on not dragging Ronnie, and I I just think it's misguided to say that you that, or that you could drag Eric DaCosta. It's certainly unfortunate for DaCosta. You know that stinks, but but what are you gonna do? Let's it's a hundred percent injury rate. But Bobby, I want to move on. I want to. 
I want to talk about there's going to there's numerous ways that we could talk about how Ronnie Stanley just has a domino effect on how this will affect the offense. And in this quick, you know, we gave ourselves 15 minutes to prepare for this this pod. Here's three ways that I that I see it. Number one, bully ball is not the same without Ronnie Stanley. Bully ball is back this morning. uh, I saw a PFF list of who's projecting to be. Uh, the most productive running backs under under 25 years old. And J.K. Dobbins wasn't on there. And I get it. J.K. Dobbins is coming off an, of an injury. But now that I know Ronnie's going to be back, at least at some point early in the season, now I even feel better about feeling like people are sleeping on Dobbins. So I think he helps bring bully ball back, which is what the Ravens do. Number two, I think, or number two and the bigger one is playoff success. I feel like people, you know, come at the Ravens with their playoff wins. I get it under Lamar Jackson. I think the Ravens are one in three in playoff games. And that's fine. You know, it's not, I mean, it's not fine. People drag Lamar for it. But I think what is completely under, underrated and is probably the the biggest thread be, between all of these losses is offensive line play. Now, at least in 2019, they had their still good offensive line, but they stunk it up. Go check the tape. They stunk it up in that 2019 game. Then uh, against the Titans. Then I'm looking this up. In 2020 playoffs, this is after Stanley goes down. Ravens had to move Orlando Brown to the left tackle. Bradley Bozeman, okay, good there at left guard. Patrick McCary had to go in last minute for center. Okay, well, Pat can move on any, anywhere, but he's not, you know, the normal center. Then you got Ben Powers over to the right, and then you've got Tyree Phillips at right tackle starting in the playoffs. Like, this is what national media don't pick up on is the offensive line play. But if you are able to go into the playoffs with Ronnie Stanley as your left tackle, I honestly – feel like whoever they choose at left guard next to Ronnie Stanley is going to do just fine. Right now, I think it's going to be Ben Powers, but holy cow, did Cleveland have a great game in that second preseason game. He looked like he came out injured, but he was looking good. Then you got Linderbaum at center, Zeitler as steady as they come at right guard, and then you've got Moses, who's also durable just like Zeitler. And so I feel not just good, but very good about that offensive line. And if they can all stay healthy and take that into the playoffs, outside of Lamar, I think that is the biggest factor to the Ravens getting playoff wins under their belt. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, you can't play bully ball without a consistent offensive line. And we know it's been too much of a revolving door, not just at the left tackle position in, in recent years, but yep. really up and down the line. All right, let's shift gears off to the other piece of news that we wanted to dive into before wrapping up this instant reaction podcast. And that is probably a really unsurprising piece of news, honestly. And that's about linebacker, outside linebacker, Tyus Bowser. He's been placed on the reserve PUP list with that torn Achilles recovery that he is going through. And, and, and why it's not surprising, Sarah, is the timeline. We've talked about this a number of times throughout the course of the last month or so doing this podcast. And when you suffer a torn Achilles in January, that's just a really tight timeline to expect to be ready September 11th. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the Ravens and Tyus had us with, you know, having optimism that it could be sooner than later. Uh, but we always had that cautious optimism because of the the timing of it all. So now we know he'll miss at least the first four games of the season. You can't come off the PUP list until after the first four games. And that doesn't guarantee him he'll be back. But if he did come back week five, that week five game is against the Cincinnati Bengals. That would be a huge game. AFC North rivals. We need some pressure mm-hmm. um, on them. And so, you know, listen, if you were to just look at like, is this a big deal within the rehab process of Tyus Bowser? No, like he's still, in my view, ahead of schedule um, from when he tours Achilles. However, having said that, the Ravens, Bobby, are thin. Yes. They are thin at outside linebackers. So right now, the current edge rushers are Odafe Owe. Okay, I feel good about that. Justin Houston. Hopefully he can find the fountain of youth. Then Stephen Means, who's played decently well. I loved his quote from the presser this week. He said that the Ravens have resurrected his career. Then you've got Dalen Hayes, who I just felt, I feel like he should be dominating more in these preseason games. So somewhat underwhelming, but I'm not writing him off. And then you've got, undrafted free agents, Jeremiah Moon and Chuck Wiley. That's who you have going into the first four games. So Bobby, that tells me, don't you feel like they need to sign somebody? I was just going to say, like, if there's a room, if there's a position group that I'm targeting and monitoring really closely between now and week one, it's, it's this one in terms of, okay, is a sleeper undrafted free agent that maybe we haven't exactly, uh, that's been on our radar is, is, is he in play? or is a potential free agent veteran signing in play? And to me, it's more so the latter. I'm not sure what remains out there, but at the same time, I know Jason Pierre-Paul was brought in for a visit within the last couple months or so. He put up on his Instagram story that he was actually in-house at one winning drive at the Under Armour Performance Center. Maybe they go back and revisit things with him, but they've obviously known. This doesn't come as a surprise to the Ravens that Ty isn't ready. This has been in the works for a while, and they've probably been very communicative with, with you know, the two parties, Tyus in the front office and, and vice versa. So I'm sure there's a plan of attack in action. It's just this news just came, became public today. So we're reacting to it. What do you think? Well, yeah, I definitely I think that the, the Vince Beagle uh, injury is a bigger deal than any of us realized because Beagle hasn't been, you know, a big name in Baltimore. And he actually hasn't been a big name anywhere because he's 
think had three season ending injuries in three seasons. So that's got to be, you know, deflating for him. But all reports were talking about how good he was playing. And so that was a big loss. And then so it is a little bit funny with Jason Pierre Paul. Like there was reports that he was in there. Like you said, he posted that that picture from inside the Ravens locker room. Like he was there. And then like it just dropped from the news cycle, just completely dropped. So I don't know. But even if the Ravens got somebody like JPP, I mean, it will help. It'll be a Band-Aid. But just let me say, whoever the Ravens sign, it's not nobody's going to be able to do what Bowser does. You might be able to get somebody. Bowser did lead the team in sacks last year. I think that Odafe Owe is primed to take that mantle. So you could probably get somebody that, that you know, can help put a little pressure on. But what Bowser is good at, and he might even be the best at this among all outside linebackers in the league, is his coverage skills. You know, he's a Sam backer. He's not the rush. That's mm-hmm. what Odafe Owe is. So you need somebody that's going to give you coverage from that outside linebacker spot. Now, you could, Mike McDonald could get creative and come out with more safeties, with more looks for obvious passing situations. But I do think that no matter who you get, you're going to miss Bowser. But listen, if it's if it's four weeks, the Ravens can weather the storm. But I would have to think they got to sign somebody, whether it's JPP or somebody else. But But one more note, Bobby. This is also huge news. The Ravens also signed punter Cameron Dicker. <laughs> that was announced with these other two moves, and I'm just assuming that they're going to put him in. They signed him temporarily, presumably, so that they can use Dicker and um, and Stout tomorrow night and probably give uh, Justin Tucker the goat the night off. So just wanted to put that little piece in there. So. Yeah, just wrapping it all up. Any other thoughts overall, Bobby? Yeah, one more note, too, on the outside linebacker room. Like, I hope that this situation doesn't rush back a guy like David Ajabo whatsoever. Because you talk about not rushing, the importance of not rushing someone back. Like, his infancy in the NFL and his learning curve. and, and, And you talk about a timeline, too, the being that his torn Achilles was just back in March on his pro day at Michigan, like, no, do not speed up his timeline whatsoever. I'm not not saying that they are, but I hope he personally doesn't feel like he needs to get back sooner given this news as well. So, again, I think, you know, mid-season, maybe even early winter would be fair for the David Ajabo timeline. But, Sarah, before we jump, I wanted to get to a couple more emails, if you don't mind, too, that came in that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I, I know you there and I, some good ones. yeah, I know you and I shared a couple texts about this. Um, you know, you can hit us up at at Baltimore Ravens Vault at gmail.com. And you know, regardless of whether it's constructive feedback or just straight up positive feedback, we would love to hear from you. You know, we're a month in. This week we did celebrate a month of of podcast existence. So this one comes in from Dylan Diggs from Frederick, Maryland. He said, I just wanted to reach out and express my appreciation for your new podcast. I love the network of Ravens Media have. We do do we do too, by the way. He went on to reference to the lounge with Ryan and Garrett, Jamison Hensley's podcast of ESPN. Uh, but he says, This one, ours, really does fill a need. A short 15-minute recap that goes deeper than some of the Ravens videos, but isn't as long form as the others, fits perfectly for my consumption as a busy father. I don't have as much time as before when I could listen to all of the videos. I've followed Sarah's insights for over a decade. I've been following Bobby more recently this year. So when I saw this one, I jumped on it. 
and it's now a part of my routine, and I love it. Dylan, we love you, man. Thanks so much for taking the time to write. I appreciate what he's saying there because, Bobby, when we first decided to do a podcast together, we were trying to figure out, you know, how can we be different from, as he said, an already great network of Ravens podcasts. And so one of those things was this morning Ravens vault where it would be 15 minutes and you could be caught up. So the fact that that's resonating, um, you know, is a good sign for us. And then, but we also wanted to be something that it was like, we could be something for a little bit of everybody. So we wanted to have that 15 minute, you know, one, and then we'll have something like this where we have this more in depth, instant reaction, you know, guests and interviews and that type of stuff. So we wanted to be something that could fit everybody's different schedules. So that's, um, we really appreciate that feedback, Dylan. And there are some other other emails. There's one about Lamar and leverage that I thought was quite smart. And so one of these times when we get back to talking about Lamar, I'm going to share that one. So, yeah, we appreciate the feedback from everybody. Uh, please continue to do so, as Bobby said, at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. So that is everything we've got here. Here we are Friday. It's now 550, <laughs> just wrapping up. Listen, we're just trying to like feel the good vibes. Hopefully you can listen to this on, on, you know, either Friday evening, Saturday, as you're leading up to the Ravens game on Saturday, just to bring good vibes going into this weekend. Just great, great news for Ravens fans everywhere. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please check out our uh, interview with a commander's reporter, Al Galdi. We did a little preview with the commanders. He was excellent. We had a morning vault this morning, which, holy cow, that already feels like a long time I'm ago. Kidding. But that had a total breakdown of, of Chuck Clark and Marcus Peters and his progress. And then tomorrow we will be back after the Ravens game. And I just realized this, Bobby, on our morning vault, we said it was a 4 p.m. kickoff. It is yes. indeed a 7 that's p.m. On me. kickoff. That is on me. So and I w- let me just that's... say, too, that it was originally <laughs> scheduled for four like months ago. And I must have just had a brain fart because it has been changed for several weeks. So my bad there. And this game is in Baltimore too. It was a double whammy for me. So thank you for (laughs) reminding me and holding me accountable. Well, well, no, but I, I could have corrected it too. I mean, you know, I'm the one who said it. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to correct that. Anyway, check those podcasts. Yeah, I said it. It was in your, listen, we're giving like back, we're giving background now. For our morning bolts, in order for us to fit in so much information, we write a script. And both Bobby and I have sections. So you wrote that script in that section, but I said uh-huh. it. And you double-checked my stuff. I should I should have double-checked your stuff. So I failed you as an editor, you know? We are really supposed to be my bread and butter. I love it. So. <laughs> yeah, we really are. We really are. All right, so I'm going to try to wrap up one more time. Thank you so much for the feedback. Thanks for listening. Come back after the Ravens game, and we'll see you then. As always, you are listening to The Ravens Vault.